0: Hi, I am Nicole J. Georges. I am a queer, feminist, vegan cartoonist, teacher, and advice columnist living in Portland, Oregon, with my half-blind chihuahua, Ponyo Georges. Welcome to our podcast, Sagittarian Matters. Sagittarian Matters Sagittarian Matters Today on Sagittarian Matters, Advice with Beth Ditto, Food Reviews with Morgan Grenstein-Helvey, Gay Words from the Lesbian Lexicon, and Rocco Cayados tells us about the time he got beat up in Montana. Stay tuned. Morgan Grenstein Helvey is my friend of many years. She is a former vegan baker, she is a food connoisseur, and she is also a little bit of a hoarder, like myself. Please enjoy our food reviews. Morgan Grenstein Helvey. Hey, Nicole. You're going on vacation with Ponyo. I can't even believe we won the sweepstakes. We got our bikinis on and we are ready to go. (laughs) Morgan, what is your favorite food in Los Angeles?
1: Los Angeles, California,
2: my hometown, place of my birth and childhood. Um, Dates. What kind of dates? Bari dates. I think that's how they're pronounced. And they are the... Guess what? All the dates. They're so good. I just don't even think they share them with anywhere that's far away from the tree that it came from because they're scrumptious and you can't get them
3: anywhere cold. How do you spell bari? B-A-R-H-I?
0: Okay, okay. I think. That sounds quite delicious. Well, I have a special snack that I've been enjoying (laughs) that I'd (laughs) like to share with you today. I can't wait. That snack is a dried plum. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dried plums! Sounds good! Previously marketed as prunes. (laughs) (laughs) Dipped in tahini, the food of my people. I can't... We talked about the food of your people. Stand you. are <laughs> the worst. I'm about to take Los Angeles by storm. Yeah. Go ahead and take. A, go ahead and take a prune out of there.
1: Trendler, you heard it here first. <laughs> Drive plum. <laughs> I don't eat prunes.
0: You know, Katie and Richie had a whole campaign called "Rip a Prune," which was like somebody on a skateboard, come, <laughs> taking a prune up and like, damn yeah, it. <laughs> Also, don't forget this recipe on the back for dried plum crescent rolls. Don't think I have it. Like Go to hell. Okay, Nicole George's. <laughs> oh okay, I'm calling. I her have a dish of tahini. I dipped my prune in. Uh, I know how this tastes. Tastes great. Morgan's trying for the first shut time. Up. You just can't I, She's so
3: upset. <laughs> you upsold me. You have upsold me on so. Many. <laughs> Caca, baby, <Cock-a-man-y laughs> bullshit
2: food <laughs> that I know not to trust. <laughs> right now, Nicole, this is not good. <laughs> it tastes like wa- chewy water, like the delicious bitterness of tahini. <laughs> this is horrible.
0: It's really good. <laughs> Like that. So if you want a delicious snack, rip a, <laughs> <laughs> a rip, s- rip a prune. I'm sincere, 100%. Rip a prune. 100. What cockamamie snacks have also I sold you like on? after tasted aftertaste of coffee grounds,
2: which are not even in here.
0: Yum. <laughs> Yum. And that's my point. Just so you know, Morgan's dipping it again. I gotta try it again. It's good because a prune is sweet, but it's not too sweet. Dip it in tahini. That is great with sweet things because it kind of cuts it and gives you a savory edge. The tahini, like, creates a flavor shield so you don't taste the prune. (laughs) you (laughs) have to. You've experienced the texture. I think you're being ageist. (laughs) I think because prunes are associated with a certain age of person. (laughs) Plum. (laughs) (laughs) And it's weird for me. The weirdest thing about prunes to me is that I could eat, like, five plums in a sitting or ten plums in a day. I would never do that with fresh plums. That's crazy. Prunes are great. It's the... <laughs> Racist and ageist both. Uh, um, like, what cockanimi snacks have I sold you on?
2: I can't remember. Just They're too good. Uh, the PB&J wrapped in a collard leaf? <laughs> Go to hell on that. That's, That's like... good. That's very paleo.
0: That's a Caveman. Caveman PB&J. Totally <laughs> peas, bees, and j's. I was loving that. I was eating like I know. <laughs> like oh my collared P B and J's in White River Junction, Vermont as I stared at the snow.
3: I know I'm trying to think of some other ones. You did tell me you cut the mold awesome vegan. <laughs> <butter>. <laughs> today! It's very
0: today.
4: expensive! It's eight dollars a stick. I know. The best part is so you're just not eating it and you're just saving it until it get some mold I And
1: mean, you wouldn't serve it to me because you were afraid of the liability insurance that you don't have. <laughs> anyway, just a few
0: cockamamis. <laughs> yes. Okay, so my snack tips for you are prunes dipped in tahini, a PB&J on a collard leaf instead of bread, or Miyoko's butter, which is delicious. Mold and or no mold. thus far, after I cut the mold off, still do it okay. Morgan's tip is dates. Just dates. That's just cool. dates. Oh, God, Di- good. Dipped? Rolled? Mm-mm. Just dates. Ah! Very sweet. Sorry. Because she just assassinated, tried to assassinate the dog. I
1: know, my apologies. Um.
0: <sighs> <All right.
1: sighs>
0: well, enjoy our snack picks. Thanks, Morgan.
1: Always a pleasure.
0: Buff Ditto is lead singer of the band Gossip. A solo artist and the designer of a fat fashion line. Beth has been my friend of many years and I like giving advice with her. Today we answer a question from someone who is close with their family but having a hard time with her sister. This question was sent in via email but was read today by Beth's wife, Kristen. Thanks Kristen.
4: Nicole. I came out as a queer about 20 years ago, the same time my sister came out as a fundamental Christian. We've had a weird relationship ever since. Basically, I don't talk to my family. I don't talk at all about my life, and she doesn't ask, and that's how we stayed close for so long without it really being an issue. Everything changed after I got married last year. My sister has five children ...whom I've been close to, but after I got married to my longtime partner last year, things took a turn for the worse. When my, when my wife and I flew across the country for the holidays, my sister decided we could not see them because she didn't know how to explain that we were gay. After nine months of silence, I reached out and tried to reason with her. I asked if she could take the, quote, love the, sin. love the sinner, hate the sin route, but she refused. I gave her a deadline to decide because my wife and I need to know if we should make holiday plans to fly home and see them or go on vacation with our limited travel budget and try not to let this whole mess ruin our holidays. Her response is she needed her husband and her kids. Wait, sorry. Her response is that she and her husband and their kids are probably going to leave town for the holidays so they won't have to see us. What should I do? So it is unfair so is it unfair to my parents if my wife and I skip christmas all together this year and just fly somewhere more fun than the midwest Am I wrong to be annoyed that my parents still hang out with my sister's family all the time despite expressing how mad they are at her for not instigating this whole ordeal Is it passive aggressive to send my nieces and nephews christmas presents signed love your aunts xx I'm really struggling With how to handle this because she dropped this shit on me so late in the game. Long after I thought I was done with coming out. There's like four questions. Alright, question
0: number one. Should she go home for Christmas this year? Yes. Yes? Yeah. And just see her parents? Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. I think that she has a right to have her parents and her parents have her back well not the way she wants but her parents agree with her right yeah but her parents also have two children yeah and I think it's a hard predicament to be in that I can't imagine and five grandchildren and five grandchildren and like it's a predicament that I can't imagine I feel it depends on how you feel like I feel like in my position what I would do is go home anyway be myself let my go to see go see my parents because they're your parents too and life is short today's my dad's birthday actually and my dad died so rip homer but you can't it is this it's this huge thing because it's your entire identity and your entire life but i feel like you can do one of two things you can either not go and have have a really great time if that's going to make you feel better but if you're going to feel like you missed out on the holiday aspect of your parents and your family and like you know don't you have does she have other nieces and nephews
0: i don't think so i can't remember didn't say
1: because she has five grandkids right is that what they're all her her sister's children yeah wow Um, i
0: i told her she could take the year off i told her she could call her parents and say hey i love you guys i want to see you but like it makes me sad to go home it, with all this stuff going right. on, so I just for this year I want to like yeah. go to Hawaii for Christmas and then see you guys another time during the year. That's not as charged for me. Yeah, but I think as far as her sister
1: goes, she's done as much as she can do. Oh yeah, her sister made the choice, and whether or not who made the choice isn't relevant. When you have people who've made up their mind already, it's not your job. This is the way I feel about radical, like like feminism and like queer thing, and fat positivity and body positivity it is not your job it's not our jobs to change the mind of the masses but it's our, our job to like it's kind of our duty to inspire other people or be ourselves and stay sane and be visible and present so like I don't know if that makes sense so like don't like you you need
0: to take care of yourself so you're not ruining yourself hitting your head against the right. wall and of people that
1: need to come to it on their own anyway yeah I come to it on their own and accepting that they may never come around you can have patience with them like if you know like you can play her game if you want to whatever there's no wrong or right way to do it it's really all in how she feels about it yeah I think that's really what the thing is is come to it how it's are you going to be sad that you missed out on christmas like what are the pros and cons A pros and cons list is a really good one In this i love scenario. pros
0: and cons but i yeah i i
1: think keep the focus yeah, on you yourself can, yeah. what's
0: going to make you and your partner happy right if it's a year off that's okay of course. Take care of yourself. You've been through a lot. This sounds traumatic and sad.
1: But also don't focus on, you know, your sister. Don't focus on your sister. No. Don't think about It's like, that's the hardest thing is to shut down. My little sister did something similar. She didn't come to my wedding. And we were, you know, I took, she was my baby. She was my little, she was my baby. I named her. I literally named her. Like, yeah. When she was born. And to have her turn around and just like not go to my wedding because she just didn't agree with anything anymore. And this is somebody like. Who at one time identified as bisexual and blah, blah, blah. And, like, came up, you know, I really took her under my wing. Yeah. And then for her to just all of a sudden just turn around, I can relate to that. But also, at the same time, I was just like, it's not, it's, I cannot give it the energy to, like, nurture this relationship that is, you know, she's already decided about. I'm not going to, yeah, like you said, beat your head against the wall being like, love me. No. See me.
0: You're lovable. You just are lovable. You are lovable. You are loved. You're loving. You don't need to prove anything to her. No. She can get it or It's 2016.
1: Yeah. You know, she can figure it out. And Guess if, what? So can her kids.
0: Yeah. And, and at some point, they're going to be old enough that they can contact you on their own mm-hmm. apart from their mom. And you can explain to them what happened and be the great aunt that you were meant to be to well, them. Well, you're
1: already a great aunt by... In other ways, like, you're already being a really great aunt by being as kind as you are about it, I think. Yeah.
0: I think so, too. I mean... I went to visit my family at some point with a partner, and no one would let me stay at their house. I remember this, and I was like, "Oh, really?" Mm-hmm. Uh, because it was against their religious principles. So my girlfriend and I got a hotel room. But after that, I was like, "I'm not going to pay a bunch of money to go to this place to visit people yeah, who no. won't even." I mean, maybe it was better for me to stay in a hotel anyway. But the idea that my family—you couldn't—you didn't
1: have an option—that my
0: family would not allow me mm-hmm. to sleep under their roof where i grew up because i had like a committed partner loving relationship i was like uh, uh uh. you guys are welcome to come to portland and you're welcome at my house yeah but like i don't want to feel homeless in my hometown no that's a sad feeling that so is sad. i mean it's not punitive it's just like okay well it's uncomfortable for me to pay a million dollars to have like an awkward time
1: i really wish that it was a million dollars
0: <laughs> to visit Kansas. She just blew it all. She won the lottery. Blew 500K. it all
1: night.
0: <laughs> Look, the flights alone, $250,000 each. Oh,
1: so... Too cheap, if you ask me. Me
0: and my girlfriend at the time. Bargain. The La Quinta Inn in uh, oh. Shawnee, Kansas, mm. $500,000 for the two nights we stayed there. Mm. So that's
1: a, well, a good $1 million. I knew it. I knew you, I knew you were high rolling.
0: Um, she wanted to know also if... It's okay for her to feel annoyed at her parents. I think she can, yeah, she needs to understand that they need to... Her sister's the gatekeeper to those grandkids, and those
1: grandkids need access
0: to someone who's a little bit less cray. And so. they, yeah, and
1: they need access to someone who's on your side, and maybe that's another thing is that they, like, even if you don't feel like they're representing you the way that they, you know, they're not doing what you would ideally want them to do, What what would anybody do in that position? I think compassion for your parents right now is really important, mm-hmm. but not that you can't be annoyed of course you can yeah of course but don't take it out on them but don't take it out on them and even i mean tell them that you are and then let them reassure you that they love you and that you know maybe just let them just stay visible be in town and see how easy that is for your sister to ignore that's what i'm just like i can't wait for that to happen
0: well also her sister paying or whatever to shuttle five kids somewhere else
1: also can you just ask if you can stay in her house while she's gone They'll that's take a, care of her dog. That's a good idea. A lot of your plants. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, she wanted
0: to know if it's passive aggressive for her to say "love your aunts" so and so and so and so. Yeah. I think I think if she wants to send them a present, she should just say, you know, from so and so and so and so, not "love your aunts" or "love your gay aunts" because you want your sister to keep letting you send them shit and being in touch with them. That's what I, I mean
1: that's about visibility, isn't it? It's like yeah, yeah. But, but I kind of feel like the more you push it, the more your sister might at some point be like, "No, you can't contact them." The at key all. word is push. Yeah. Like you push the more you push it, the more you push her away. Yeah. And at this point it doesn't seem that the conversation is about your sister. It seems like it's about the grandkids, right? Yeah. Or like the nieces and nephews. Yeah. So I I agree with you. I agree with you on this one, Nikki. All right, case closed. I do think that yeah, I think that you're right. And also I think ability, right. right. the more that you keep the more that you give I I'm really of that that, that thought, that feeling though. Like sometimes because you're not giving gifts to the sister. You're giving gifts to these nieces and nephews that you want to see you and see you as a great aunt. And just imagine how incredible it's going to be when they find out that you're a homo. And they're like, "My, you know what? My amazing aunt's gay, man. Lay off. My gay aunt who did all these rad things and always sent me cool presents. Mm-hmm. No matter how shitty my mom was to her. And that may never happen either. But I'm you imagine if it does. It's disgusting. Just don't let Ponyo drink out of my house.
0: Wait. I've seen you do. Last week on the podcast. Mm-hmm. JD. JD. I I told JD that you almost barfed when I drank the same water as Ponyo. And JD told me she'll open a Werther's original for her cat and the cat will lick it for a few minutes and then be done with it and JD will eat the rest of it. It's fucking gross. It's
1: disgusting.
0: There. Tolerance. I I don't tolerate that. (laughs) Acceptance. You know, it's about acceptance. JD and I can just be ourselves, be our best selves, be happy on our own.
1: Obviously. And then you'll come around or you won't. I won't. <laughs> I'll never come around to that. There's a lot of things. It's like you can do, you can do that, or you can wipe back to front. I mean, oh, who would like,
0: wipe back to front?
1: We all maybe know. Maybe somebody who lets their dog like, drink out of the glass. I was like, you tell me, Nicole.
0: UTI is way more expensive than it's worth wiping back to front. Back to front! PSA, wipe front to back. A get a stick. Get a stick. Let me get a stick. Whop it. Just push it back. Get the, the stick and push it back? Yeah. Sponge on a stick. Yeah. And then you rinse the sponge mm-hmm. and use it again next yeah. time.
1: You're going to have to boil the... Did you ever watch... Had, did. Have did your fans just, Small Town Security?
0: Yes. My fans? Yeah. My only one friend that might listen to this sometimes has
1: seen Small Town Security. I would just like to say rest in peace, Joan Kaplan. Oh, she died. She died. But also, Shit stick i forgot about the shit
0: oh it's to break up pieces in the
1: toilet huge feces oh
0: that's like the the doo-doo knife in a roller derby zine there was they interviewed <gasps> some cool i know somebody
1: who had a doo-doo knife i swear there, to God. He,
0: there was like a cool indie musician guy and they interviewed his mom and his mom was like oh like someone who was like super cool like I did
1: she swallow it? did the kid swallow something and they no but the
0: that? mom said they kept a doo-doo knife next to the toilet to cut it up because it was so big, so it would go down. Who's? But, it, but it was like some really cool musician guy. Like, think of somebody that's like. The, Bright eyes. The, yeah, like somebody like very cool with like a lot of dignity and like very like, you know, self contained. John Popper. And then they talked to it like John Popper, who tweeted at me before. Oh, and yeah, then, like a sex tweet. Yeah, and then they. Yeah, he opened his fingers and then he stuck his tongue out like a thousand times in a row. I don't want to like, to. The show. Like, the, the kind of guess that he would. They kind of want to see it perform on me. But, um. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was, some, it was some man musician that was, like, very soft. It was, like. like David
1: Byrne. That would was, be an amazing yeah. thing to happen to David Byrne. It was, like,
0: the John Mayer of stoic. indie music. And then his mom was, like, oh, he had a doo-doo knife when we were a kid. Because it was just too big. And then Joan Kaplan, I forgot, they had a, a stick.
1: Yeah, I did a doo-doo stick. I don't know. It also brings me back to my friend Amanda Kuhn. She was my friend in school. Mm-hmm. That I went over to their house and there was a knife. And they said there was a knife there that they would put the doo-doo, maybe we shouldn't say her name, but put the doo-doo on the back of the commode, like on the tank, and chop it up because she swallowed a quarter and they needed to find it. Because they needed the money? Probably, in retrospect. But also, now that I think about it, I think when a kid swallowed something, they would save the whatever they swallowed. Like, I could be making that part Or was it because wanted... she had a little sister, too, Named Catherine Beale was her last name. They Good, did last say last name. their whole names. Uh, Catherine Joanna. What was her full name? Was I think it, I could remember Was it
0: because they wanted to have the quarter to spend, or because they wanted to make sure it went through her body?
1: I I bet you it's both. I, I mean, had, I grew up in, sometimes they could borderline gummo.
0: Not to brag, but I would let that quarter go.
1: No, you wouldn't. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. I've never met anybody that pinched a penny. Harder than me? Yeah.
0: Pinch a loaf pinch a penny. That's because I am You're like Mink. Oh no. That's because I'm self employed so I know I look rich but I'm actually not. You should see. Everyone
1: should see you right now. Ball gown. Ball gown. Tiara. Pearls. pearls. Black pearls. High quality recording equipment. I really fancy.
0: The butler's petting the dog. Alright, do you have any last advice for anyone, this person or anyone else? Anyone with a racist family or a, public, a homophobic on. family or a
1: Size of family or anything uh, i think I feel like context is everything we don't know every it's it's hard to generalize about any family,
0: yeah,
1: I think that's just people it and what is your relationship to them, and like what are their you know what is their capacity to understand or have empathy or compassion or What are you realistically going to get out of the situation or relationship? Like, you can't just generalize those things because everyone's situation is different. But to generalize those things, I don't know. I can't, honestly. I I get really caught up in that. Like, I'll be like, if I knew specifically. But for, for this person, I would definitely say go if you think it's going to make you feel better. And if visibility and, like, perseverance is important to you take it take it take some time off if, if hawaii sounds fun go shaka santa is a really fun thing to
0: see it's a real thing yeah i have pictures from going to hawaii in december one year and fucking shaka santa is it's awesome yeah. if you've been in a wintry climate your whole life and it's the same
1: time of year but everything's different mm. you're like fuck yeah how that makes me think of australia I'm
0: snorkeling on my freaking birthday, Mom. That happened to me. I had I know. a summer
1: birthday once. It's my 29th birthday. When
0: I, that's like when I went to Hawaii for my 30th birthday. As a Sagittarius, I've never had a warm birthday before. I didn't either. And I was like, this is bloody amazing.
1: That felt really good.
0: Snorkeling in December. <laughs> All
1: right. Thanks. For okay. Your... Big ups to the Australian fans out there. Thanks for your advice, Beth. I would love to boss you around anytime. Thanks for bossing. For my advice, that didn't get you anywhere. Well, I'll tell you what I would do. I don't know. Well, I think you have good advice for young
0: gay people anyway, which is just to make yourself happy and just be yourself. Take care of yourself. Don't run yourself down hitting your head up against oppression or the opposition because they're going to like you or they're not. But in the meantime, have patience and kindness for them. Yeah. That's my summary
1: of your advice. Yeah. I, will, I believe, but I also think it's a it can be a privilege to have compassion and empathy sometimes. Well, yeah.
0: Of course, yeah, because there are some people, if you have anger in a lot you earned that you deserve that yeah. and it's it's actually
1: self-care to acknowledge your anger absolutely and not push it down and be like that's fine but in this in this in this we're we're talking about your parents who obviously love you and yeah. and agree with you but they don't know how to deal with it either
0: and if but if you express to them that you are still loving them and on their side but you're just like feeling a little raw it'll be okay it'd be much better i i don't i don't know
1: Mom well, and I. Said, my mom was just like, I don't know, what to tell you about her. And I was like, that's enough for me.
0: That's fine. And also, you don't want to triangulate and put them in between it.
1: No, fuck no. They're still people. That's the thing about parents, is that people forget a lot. It's like, yeah, they're your parents, but then you grow up and you realize they're human beings. They're not just your mom and dad. You're like, that's they didn't the- come to be the day you were born, they didn't just pop up. They've had entire lives before you even got there. That's fucking weird. That is when weird. When you first realize that, that you've known them your whole life, that they didn't know you, you didn't know them their whole life. Think about it. Fucked up. You're not even a should Fuck you up, man. (laughs) No, a Pisces. It's like being stoned all the time. You know
0: what fucks me up more is to think about my mom having children at age like 21. Like a 21-year-old holding a baby. I'd be like, give me that. Put
1: that down. You don't.
0: My mom was 15. A 15-year-old holding a baby. I'd be like, that's enough. My
1: mother had her last kid at 35. And she was.
0: My mom had her last kid at 33. That was you.
1: That was me. That was Chuckles. (laughs) 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 <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was that's that the noise I'm going to make in the Elia song okay okay thanks everybody yeah, thanks I everybody thanks so much for listening to our advice and um you can go to
1: bethditto.com
0: <laughs> 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 to find best, best
1: blog I don't have a blog <laughs> but I Beth... can't type I got kids out of typing class Beth blogs everyday Beth blog Beth blog fat and sassy dot yeah. <laughs> That is not full figure biz. Full figure curvy chicks. Full figure curvy chick full, 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 Guff. full figure it's curvy chick goddess babes. <laughs> I'm going to hell.
0: Goddess babe Beth, hell. Ditto. Biz dot biz? At Yahoo.com at yahoo.net you can find beth ditto on instagram or twitter she does have a website that's beth I, I don't did. know what's on there probably her fashion line and her music and a lot of pictures and some fan art there are pictures there's fan art none of my fan
1: art you know short short word for fan art fart yep. <laughs> so, i love fan art fan art
0: she loves fan art i do she blogs daily she I do not know how to type she doesn't know how to type that's true. I'll type for you. I like touch typing. Do
1: you? Yeah, I really. I don't know how
0: to do it. I love touch typing. It's the skill that I would do if Put it Put your fingers on QWERTY. If it wouldn't have hurt my hands, I could QWERTY oh, it all. Oh, that's and, sad. I know. Same thing with sewing. Okay, bye. The Lesbian Lexicon is a collection of gay words that was originally a zine and is now a book. It is helmed by my friend Stevie Ann. And she joined us on the podcast a few months ago to read us some of her favorite gay words. Enjoy. To me, you can tell me what you think the most famous word from it is. But to me, the most famous word from it or the most successful word is doppelbanger.
3: It is. I agree. I couldn't agree more.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Could you read the definition of what a doppelbanger is?
3: Yeah, let me find it. Let me pretend I don't know and I can't say right <laughs> um okay Doppelbanger. noun one who prefers to fuck people who have an uncanny resemblance to themselves
0: i think that's really yeah it's just i feel i feel like that's the most like when i tell people about the lexicon and then i use that as my example word they know
3: it yeah. immediately it's a perfect word it's a perfect word and this is why because <laughs> it sounds it perfectly explains what it is it means Mm -hmm. and both with the word itself and the phenomenon. Yeah. We all know that it happens. And then the
0: antonym of that is other fucker. Oh yeah. Just someone who only fucks people of opposite gender type or people that look dissimilar to them. Is that what it is?
3: I think it's, I think it's dissimilar. let me look or opposite gender type. Yeah. It's a little bit, it's a little bit vague, right? Because you can be, I've seen some doppelbangers, some like butch femme doppel bangers, Right. Oh, yeah. But I mean, we know, we know how vain we all are, but I think other fuckers specifically about wanting to have sex with someone as different looking from you as mm. possible. That might be about gender. It might be about your, your blonde who dates redheads or something like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. What i want to tell you that my other ones that are my favorites that I use, Boy facting I use a Uh lot. And people don't always know what it means So outside Uh of Portland. In Portland, a lot of the lexicon words have, like, they're just in the community. So I can say these words that seem kind of very specific and people know. So, like, boy facting would be, like, I think the definition is to back up one's asinine beliefs with, like, basically fake information so that you look like you know what you're talking about and you look like you're right. So it's basically somebody has a question, and instead of you just saying "I don't know" the answer, you're like, "Uh, <clears throat> yeah, actually, uh, the, a car does have three wheels in like, <laughs> most countries." So actually,
3: yeah, boyfacting is a you know a commitment to being right at any cost,
0: even if you don't know what in the world you're talking about.
3: No, but you should definitely use some statistics to make them-
0: It's kind of a cousin to mansplaining, but it's without any actual information.
3: Exactly. Exactly. I actually heard boy facting before mansplain 10 years ago. Um, Me too. Yeah. Boy fact- facting came along, but it has like in my mind done exactly what you said is like have a little divergence between maybe a man splainer might, it might accidentally hit on some actual information, but mm-hmm. boy is just like, you're making all that up. Yeah. <laughs> what
0: do you think are the words that have, that have like gotten the most ground or that you hear other places now?
3: I feel like, uh, like 10 years ago, bromance wasn't really such a big thing, but that's so long blown up. Like, I can't even remember a world where bromance wasn't in like every other page of vice magazine or something. Yeah. Not like vice magazine. (laughs) Oh, you know, vice. I meant like online. (laughs) Um, right. But like 10 years ago, that was still like a cute little thing. Um, I feel like, uh, People use love jail.
0: Oh, yeah. Will you read the definition of that?
3: Of love jail? Yeah. Sure. Love jail, noun, a special and remote place some couples reside during the first few months to a year after falling in love, a place where an all interest in friends, family, hobbies, employment, the weather and current events is diminished, a place from which it is difficult to return phone calls.
0: I love that yeah. part.
3: Yeah. Who hears from their friends when they're in love? We
0: just don't. it's nice you can tell people you can be like i'm in love jail right now so yeah you understand
3: yeah everyone knows what are some other ones um or what are your favorite ones i think pronoun showdowns are really good classic oh yeah i I like like that one pronoun showdown and then um some these are all like first edition ones but some of the some of my later ones is um i like non-monogarithms what's that it's a it's a complicated emotional calculation used to facilitate a decision about whether or not having a tryst outside of a primary relationship is worth the necessary processing.
0: Oh, my God. I love
3: that. Yeah.
0: Um, wait, will you can we say what the pronoun showdown definition is? Oh, yeah. That's one okay. of my favorites.
3: Yeah. OK. So pronoun showdown noun, a conversation between two people about a third party in which two differing pronouns are pointedly being used by each participant as if in a duel without any acknowledgement of this discrepancy in a subtle battle of who's got the right gender
2: i
0: love that yeah i you know what i use about other people is std sexual attention disorder that would be (laughs) that would be a person who you always wonder if they want to have sex with you but everybody wonders that because they just they just have sexual Mm -hmm. attention with every person they interact with yeah so i'll say that i'll be like oh that person's totally got std right it's sexual attention disorder and people are always like oh
3: they're like oh my god yeah i am um, that word was made for a friend who i know what's funny about these words is so many of them are uh used and made up for actual people because there's just a bunch of friends talking shit about each other so there oh, yeah. you go
0: like a house wreck would be somebody who sleeps with different people who all live in, who are housemates, and then it causes the house sometimes to totally collapse. Rocco Collados is the co-editor and founder of Original Plumbing Magazine. He currently lives in Los Angeles. He is wrapped under the name Catastrophe, and he was kind enough to tell me this story about the time he almost got beat up in Montana. We originally aired this a few months ago, but it was one of our favorites. Enjoy.
2: I was in Missoula, Montana on tour. I was in a rap group called The End of the World. What year was it? It was, uh, fuck, it was like 2002, I wanna say. Couldn't have been any later than 2002. My, my rap group consisted of me um, and another guy, and a butch lesbian. We all dressed up. He and I wore uh, black suits and pink shirts. Um, I was really early into my gender transition, and I sometimes passed really well, and other times uh, confused people. We were playing at a bar that a bunch of... I think a bunch of young lesbians had brought us there. We had played... The year before, I was on tour with some writers, uh, I can't remember who else, a uh, couple poets. Michelle T was the person who booked all of it, and the people who brought us had been involved in bringing us the year before. Um, so, we walk into the bar before to go to Soundcheck, and you have to walk through this like towny kind of grizzly dude bar to get upstairs to the venue, and when I walked in, I was in a suit, I had some kind of shitty pompadour, like it was falling, it was multicolored, and a gentleman, like a wizened old guy, didn't even look away from his beer, just side-eyed me and said, you probably should have just stayed home. (laughs) And then I was out, I I was terrified at that point, because I'm like 5'3", little, like, in between genders, <laughs> like obviously, like not somebody from Missoula, Montana, and or somebody that hung out at that bar, and uh, <clears throat> and then I walked outside to tell my bandmate, "Please walk in with me. I think that I'm gonna be gay-bashed." <laughs> and, and as I'm walking outside, someone drives by and is like, "Fucking dyke!" And I was like, "Cool, this is gonna be a great night."
0: <laughs> so then
2: we go upstairs for the show, and the show's happening. Michelle starts it. Um, she's hosting the whole thing, saying, "Wow, so cool! Love your creepy little town." And they're like, "Fuck you! Our town's not creepy." So then, two like angry butches get on stage, take the mic from her, and are like, "Fuck you!" Our town's not creepy. You wrote about our town and said we were creepy. And Michelle was like, no, no. I said the taxidermy is cool and creepy. I appreciate it. And they were just pissed. So they had this crazy vendetta, and that's why they brought us and booked the show. It was a complete, what? It was a complete ambush. Did you not know, know that? I didn't part?
0: know that the whole thing was an ambush. It was an
2: ambush. So then they get pissed, and one of them is like, you big city dykes think that you can come here and... Talk about our small town Well I'll tell you what I'm from New York I just live here now And I don't care It's not creepy It's like just fucking wasted Totally upset On the verge of tears But also totally enraged um, So then she walks downstairs And at the time Michelle is my girlfriend And I felt protective So I followed her Because I wanted to have A reasonable conversation And just be like Please like Please be reasonable, because then they encouraged everyone to leave, and everyone was confused. Like, oh my god, these big city dykes talk shit about us. We should go, and then everyone started booing, and it was this whole crazy mess. And Mates of State, the band was playing after us, and they were like, "Whoa, we can had we nothing.
0: describe how different Mates of State is than that? They're like heteronormative USA.
2: Yeah, it's like a totally. two, like
0: a blonde straight white guy and girl. They're uh-huh. married. They sing together in harmony over an organ.
2: Yeah. uh, I love
0: Knights of State, but that's just a little context.
2: Yeah, and so they had no idea what was happening. They were just like, oh my gosh, what's happening? We're not a part of this drama. Stay for our show. (laughs) Like, they just wanted to be not involved. So then I walk... Down and I'm like, hey, you guys, let me t- try and explain to you. She just wrote that article, blah blah blah. They're like, oh, fuck you. So then we reach the bottom of the stairwell. I've never been in a fight in my life. I'm very like, I'm hot-headed. I'm Italian and Greek. I get into a lot of arguments and I'm an asshole sometimes. But I've never been in a physical fight. Um, so we walk down the stairs. These two, uh, these two butches are much larger than me in every way. I'm five three probably weigh like 130 they're uh each about like five eight maybe a little taller and really big girls and they um one was like fuck you i fucking hate michelle t pounds the wall and then i am standing above them on the stairwell and one side of the stairwell is a door to the bar where I was told that I should have probably stayed home. And the other way <laughs> is a doorway to the outside area where the bouncer watched someone say, fucking dyke! And then whip back around in their car and did nothing. So I'm in, trapped in the stairwell with these two enormous angry lesbians and um, my, none of my options are good. So I was like, fuck, I guess I'm... Then one pinned me against the wall. Well, I forgot to mention, too, that I'm my, my uh, tragic attire for the evening was... Also, like a, it's a three-piece suit. It wasn't just a suit, so good, it was good. like, like a vest situation too. It was really bad. Adjacent to the '90s. It Anybody? sounds good to me. No, it was terrible. Okay, it was okay. disgusting. Um, so one reaches, pins me against the wall, and the other one's like, "You don't know. I used to be a boxer in New York City. You think I'm a small-town stupid dyke? I'm not." I just live here Like so angry about the town But also angry at us For uh, being Misreading what was being said About the town So then She Raises her arm up But she's drunk And I'm not And so I Managed to wriggle out From the one girl's grasp And then Take my fist And Got one shot in I hit her nose And I came In a downward motion And then it, She just started bleeding It was the only time I've ever hit someone Physically Like, Well, obviously Except in a
0: relationship
2: Fuck you (laughs) Just (laughs) kidding You gotta edit that out (laughs) Don't say that (laughs) I would never hit a woman Except these two women (laughs) Oh no But it's only because I was still kind of a woman (laughs) So you hit
0: this lady (laughs) This is getting worse and worse it's
2: so complicated. Backpack, I was backpack. red as female, but I had been on hormones for about six months, I think.
0: That's fine. That's fine. Okay.
2: I still had tits, and I still have a vagina, just for the record.
0: It's good. This is getting better.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'll call this episode. Oh, my God. So then I hit her nose, and then she um, reaches back, grabs me by the vest... <laughs> rips my vest off and the buttons are like boing, boing, boing like bouncing off the wall and then the other ones got me in a chokehold, and I managed to like wriggle myself into the bar and we're like help, help there's two of them and one of me and one guy said huh, the little guy can't take two women and I was like no please help call for help and then I tried to like go out to the bouncer and they're holding me in this little area and I'm like trying to mustering my way out of their grip. And I was like, please help, please help. And no one would help me. So somehow I managed to like swing the door open. And then the three of us were outside and then they lost hold of me. And I ran back upstairs, scurried back upstairs to the show. At that point, Michelle is processing with the entire remainder of the audience about how fucked up she is and how someone was going to call a bomb threat on us. Like people were getting crazy. So then I was like, I, I've, I've been attacked. <laughs> Look at me! They ripped my shirt off and.
0: Did you jump on stage, or you just parted the crowd and just sort of? I screaming? parted the crowd.
2: It was a thin crowd because everyone had left because they were so upset. Okay. Um. So the four or five people that were left, I was like, they just attacked me. I was really, I mean, and they had just been on stage, so everyone saw that it had happened. Yeah. Um. So I was attacked, and I survived, and then. I think like three or four people stayed for our show. I didn't want to perform. I was like, I don't want to perform. I just got beat up. But I, you know, I was dramatic. So.
0: And then Katie, who was on tour with Mates of State, went outside and a lesbian was peeing on their van.
2: Oh my God, really?
0: Yes, because she thought it was yours. Oh. My God. <laughs> One of the lesbians was using her for trying like, to remember. pee on the van as if. God. Like, I don't even know she was like holding it up or oh, like. So I'll you. We're not creeps.
2: We're not creeps. <laughs> <laughs> and that uh, is and it was the all, story wait, It was all because Michelle wrote this article For the Believer magazine All about how cool she thought Missoula was That they had this mobile um, Taxidermy situation Like you know like the bookmobile But it was taxidermy mobile So it was like all of these enormous bears in this trailer that we drove by and she was like, this is the coolest and creepiest place ever. They have taxidermy inside a trailer and they drive it around for her kids to see. And, um, yeah. And then they thought that she was calling them creeps.
0: And then they proved that they weren't creepy.
2: They set us up, too. we had... Yeah.
0: That's nice. Did they pay you? Did they pay you?
2: No, we didn't get paid. I
0: see.
2: We got paid in, in punches and harassment.
0: When I went to... Missoula this is not I would love to go back I was not there that time
2: Missoula's cool but
0: when I went there they were having their vote on whether or not gay people should get discriminated against or not
2: yeah
0: um whether or not it should stay in the law that you could discriminate against someone for being gay or trans and so the night that we were there was the night the verdict was being read but so there were a lot of people on either side on the news and the gay people won and they all showed up well, all the all the anti-gay people had signs that said things like, um, Not in my bathroom. <laughs> it was, like, right. about gay people having sex. And then the gay people chose the slogan, Homo no chomo. Chomo being a shortening of child molester. Oh so, like, God. having those two words <laughs> together. So all these gay people showed up to our show after the vote with all these Homo no chomo shirts. Oh and we were like, I don't know if that's the wisest slogan. No. It's not... But then the rest of tour chomo was like our, a a term we were trying to use, Um, yeah.
2: Chomo. Chomo. Um, Also, like when
0: college students would try to hit us, we're like, I'm not a chomo. (laughs) 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 Can't do it.
2: Because of the age difference. Yeah, because of the
0: age difference. Because we were being Um, respectful. Because we're respectful citizens.
2: You aged out Mm -hmm. from being able to sleep with college-aged people. Yeah. Um, Also, Missoula, Montana is home to the Testicle Festival. Excuse me. Uh, it's a festival where they celebrate bull testicles in um, uh, like an eating contest, sort of like the Coney Island hot dog eating contest. Oh yeah! But uh, see how many Rocky Mountain oysters someone can knock back in a timed manner.
0: Wow. Yeah. Well, I don't know if this is repairing either of our relationships with Montana, but I thought it was very, <laughs> thought it was very beautiful there, and I liked our our crowd that came after they won that thing.
2: Yeah, the first year that we came, so that was the second year we when we came back, and that happened. But the first year we came, it was such a sweet and lovely place. And that was actually how Michelle started the whole night, was like, you guys, I'm so happy to be here, this is such a sweet community, and thanks for inviting us. And then that all went were- down. We hate you! Yeah.
0: Um, that's always been one of my favorite stories. The Mates of State part is a really special bonus and you, your head going into the bar being like, help, I'm being attacked. And they're like, oh, great, is the other part. Um, I'm glad you survived. Sagittarian Matters is produced by Chris Sutton with assistance by Ponyo Georges. Our theme music is composed by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs of the band Bouquet. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to our something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue episode of Sagittarian Matters. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode featuring an interview with Corin Tucker of the band Slater Kinney. If you like Sagittarian Matters, please subscribe and leave us a nice review on iTunes. And also, please tell your friends. We really appreciate it. Over and out.